Amen and good morning. It's good to be here worshiping with you today. I want to apologize that you have had to have two Pitney Brothers back-to-back Sundays. Um, but I guess it could be worse. I have to think about that. But um, spoke to Nathan and he really enjoyed being here, enjoyed your fellowship. And I uh, know that was a blessing for him to get to be here. I hope it was a blessing for you. It's wonderful to be here today. Sorry that my wife, Laura, my youngest, Chloe, could not be here. They're under the weather, so ask for prayers for them. But I want to encourage you today from God's Word, and the subject that I've had on my heart this week to, to speak to you, last time I was here, I spoke on dealing with fear and how to deal with fear from God's Word. And the subject I've had on my heart this week is how to de- deal with discontentment. How to deal with discontentment. And I think that from what we see in God's Word, the, the way that we can deal with discontentment is being satisfied with God. If we can learn to be satisfied with God, then we can deal with discontentment that we have in our hearts. We live in a day of many people, and I will include myself in this, that struggle with being content. We live in the land of plenty. We live in the land that God has blessed us with, with much and the ability to have much. And a lot of times what comes with that, when we're so blessed and we're, we have such an ability to be able to, um, to have a lot of things, to be able to get a lot of things, to have the comforts of this life, a lot of times what comes with that is a discontentment in even the things that we have and a continual desire to want to have more thinking that it's the things that we possess or the blessings that we have in our life, the natural blessings, that cause us to be content or to be happy. So either when we lose these things or, or, or when these things lose their delight, they lose their appeal, then we feel discontentment and we want more. And until we can have the thing that we want more, we have this discontentment. And I think that God has given us something, specifically Himself and His Word, to help us battle this discontentment. So I don't know about you today, but a lot of times we struggle with this if-then mentality or this if-then feeling that if this situation will change in my life, if this thing will be different at work, if this thing would be different in my marriage, if this thing would be different at school, if this thing would be different in a relationship that I have with somebody, if, if only this thing would change or be different, then I would be content. I would be happy. But what, what have we found so many times? When that thing changed, when that thing got better, there was something else that came up where we then said, well, now I've got another thing. And if this thing will change, then I will have that. So we struggle with this if-then syndrome, we could call it. We've got to remind ourselves when we're struggling with this contentment. What has God created us for? Has God created us for the amassing of things that will make us happy? Has God created us for, for all of our relationships to be perfect? Has God created us to have everything that our heart desires in this world? No. We must remind ourselves of that. In fact, we must remind ourselves that our chief end... The chief end of all of us is to glorify God. And the way that we glorify God the most is by being content in Him. It's by being satisfied in God. And so 
while we're, most of the reasons why I look at my own heart, look at my own life, most of the times when I'm dissatisfied with things that are going on in my life, it's actually because I'm not being satisfied with God. I'm not being saturated with Him. I'm not saturating myself in His Word and letting His Word feed me and letting His truth, His glory be my aim and my goal. I'm, I'm replacing that with something else. If I just have this, if I just get more of this, or if this situation just changes, changes, then I'll be happy. But we go back to God's Word and we find that it says that all things were created by Him and they were created for His glory. Right? Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says that you have created all things and all things were created for your glory. For your glory. We were created to glorify God. And again, how do we glorify God? John Piper says that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with Him. And he would go on to use the illustration and he would say, how do we, how do we show that? Well, he said, well, he said, he asked this question. How would you glorify a fountain? If you, if you wanted to glorify a fountain, let's say, how would you do that? He said, well, first of all, you would just talk about that fountain, right? You would talk about how great this fountain is. You would talk about how beautiful this fountain is. You would talk about how amazing this fountain is. You would talk to everybody you saw, you would, you would talk about this fountain. You'd say, you should go see this fountain. You should, you should go there and you should spend some time there because it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. So you would be talking about this fountain. You wouldn't be talking about other fountains if you wanted to glorify this fountain. He said, if you drank the water from this fountain and it, and it satisfied your thirst, and if it was just the best, best water that you ever had, he said, you would only drink from that fountain, right? He said, if, if that fountain satisfied you and you wanted to glorify that fountain, you wouldn't be going to other fountains that were less glorious. He said, you would just continue to go to that fountain and you would continue to drink from that fountain alone. And what he's saying is, he's using that illustration to say, that if God is the most glorious thing in the universe, and his, and his Word is that which would satisfy your thirsty soul, He says, that's what you should be talking about. That's what you should be pointing others to. And that's what you should be going constantly to. And that's what you should be drinking of constantly. So He said, the way that you glorify God is being satisfied in Him and in Him alone. And if you're satisfied in God, then you can be content with whatever situation that you have in your life. So I want to take you to a few passages most of them in the Psalms, and I want to encourage you on how to be satisfied with God in dealing with discontentment. The first passage is a wonderful passage in Psalm 36. So please turn there. Psalm 36. This is the Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. And as we're looking at several of these Psalms of David, just think about his life. Did everything, did everything go smoothly in the life of David? Did everything go the way that he had planned? No. Did everything go the way that everybody else thought that it would go? No, it went totally different. Right? He had this amazing childhood, blessed of the Lord with strength, blessed of the Lord with, with, this, with the power of the Lord to, to be able to kill a bear and a lion with his own hands, to be a great shepherd, to kill Goliath that we sang about in the song this morning with the sling and the stone. And, and everything seemed to be going... Uh, on a, on a tra trajectory that was going up to where David was then chosen and anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel. 
Everything seemed to be working out, but we know soon that things changed. And that Saul was filled with an evil spirit of the Lord. And that he was jealous of David and God's blessings on David's life. And that King Saul began to persecute and hunt and try to kill David. And his life drastically changed. And he was on the run for many years. He was in hiding. He was in caves. He was in the desert. And so David could have easily been filled with discouragement. We know he was filled with fear as we looked at last time. He said, at what time I am afraid, I will trust in you, God. And certainly he could have been filled with discontentment. Things haven't worked out the way that I thought that they were going to. I was supposed to be king. I was supposed to be ruling Israel. I was supposed to be on the throne. People were supposed to be following me. I was supposed to be hunting down my enemies instead of being hunted. And so David had to learn how to be content in the midst of persecution, in the midst of strife. And this is what he says. Psalm 36, verse 5. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches into the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. First of all, he reminds himself of the character of God. No matter what happened in David's life and what was happening to him and the character of those that were persecuting him, what he does is he reminds himself of the character of God. Why he can trust in him. Why he can be satisfied in him even when everything else has been taken away from him. Because of God's character. God has remained the same. God is a God of mercy. God is a God of faithfulness. God is a God who does what is right. And God is a God who judges righteously. So if He has allowed these things to happen to me, He is right in doing it. And I can still be satisfied in Him because I believe this. And then He goes on to say this, How excellent is Thy loving kindness, O God. Not just when everything was going well with David. Not just when he was experiencing the blessings of God. But when he was in the cave. When he was in the midst of his enemies in Gath, where Goliath was from. And he was having to act like a madman. Even in the midst of that, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Christopher prayed this morning, says, we don't deserve anything of the Lord. We don't deserve our very life. But His loving kindness is such that not only does He give us life and preserve our life, but He pours out His blessings upon us. Pours out His blessings upon us. And Job would say that the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Have you found that to be true in your life? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But what? Blessed is the name of the Lord. Right? We can still be satisfied with God even when He takes away, not just when He gives. How excellent is Thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of Thy wings. And this is what He says that's encouraging. They shall be abundantly satisfied. And I just read this verse over and over again whenever I'm struggling with discontentment. Whenever I'm struggling with that if-then syndrome. I go to this and I say... If, I, if my hope is in God, if my trust is in God, and if, if it's God that is, is, is the aim and goal of my life, instead of these other things, then it says He will abundantly satisfy me. This speaks of an overflowing. It speaks of water that is filled up to the brim. When you are close with God, when you're keeping your eyes upon God, and when you're communing with God on a regular basis, 
David says in Psalm 23 that your cup overflows. Right? That's what he's speaking here. This is being filled up to the brim. You will be abundantly satisfied with God. It means to be saturated, to drink one's fill. Have you ever been really, really thirsty and you've gotten a tall glass of water and you just drank the whole thing and then you, you went, this is, this is what he's talking about. When he communes with God, even in the cave, and he's filled with the presence of God, he says that it's like drinking that cold water and he's just going, my soul is abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light we shall see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. So first of all, we can be satisfied with God when we see his loving kindness to us. A lot of times we're dissatisfied because we're not thinking about how God has been so loving and kind to us. We're thinking about the things we don't have. We're thinking about the situation at work. We're thinking about the relationship that's rocky. We're thinking about how everybody else is treating us wrong and we're just trying to do what's right. David says we need to get back to thinking about the loving kindness of God and not focus on those things. So number one, we can be satisfied with God when we see His loving kindness to us. Oh, how great, how excellent is Your loving kindness, O God. Second thing I think we see here in this text is that we can be satisfied with God when we are fully trusting in Him. When we are fully trusting in Him. And we've looked at this before with David that one of the big things about David was that he trusted God. He believed God. He believed in the character of God. He believed in, in that God would always do what He said He was going to do. No matter if it worked out the way David thought. He trusted in God that God was always going to do what was right and that God was always going to do what was good for David, even if it meant evil in his life, even if it meant others hated him, even if it meant that his life was being sought after, yet he believed that whatever God was doing, it was for his good and that he would trust in him. If you read the Psalms, you can't get away from that. He just says it constantly. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I believe in you. I trust in you. And so we see it here again, that he trusts in God. He believes in God. He prays this, Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. God is a God of protection. God is a God who puts His, his wings of protection around His children. He will not allow anything to happen to you, but yet... He has ordained. And He knows it's for your good. All things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. So you can be satisfied with God when you trust Him and also when you understand His loving kindness. Now we go over to Psalm 1 and we see what David said here in this first psalm that we have recorded. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. 
So many people in this world are discontented because that's exactly what they're doing. This is the way, this is the path that they think will bring them happiness and contentment. And then they walk in that path. They get everything that they want a lot of times. And yet what are they? They're unhappy. They're discontent. They're walking, they're standing in the way of sinners. They're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. They're sitting in the seat of the scornful. But what does David say? Blessed is the man that doesn't do this, but does this. His or her delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his seasons. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Aren't you glad of that this morning? That God knows your way. God sees your way. God knows your way. God has provided. He's actually ordained your way. You can take comfort in that. You can be satisfied with Him because He knows that. But we're satisfied with God when we as David, we are delighted, we delight, we take satisfaction in, we take pleasure in His Word. Haven't you just found in your life that when you aren't consistent in reading and praying and meditating on God's Word, that you find discontentment coming in? When you find yourself unhappy, you find yourself without joy? That's because this is our health. This is our spiritual food. This is our nourishment. And if we go without food, if we, if we go without those natural provisions that we need in our life, we're going to be unhealthy. We're going to be unhealthy. But David says our delight should be in the law of the Lord, in the Word of God. In Psalm 19, it gives us a picture of, of this heart's desire that we should have. Maybe you and I are struggling with discontentment because we aren't finding contentment in God's Word. We aren't finding, finding this delighting in the law of the Lord. It tells us in Psalm 119, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. This is a, a summary of, of this word that you have and why you should delight in it. And in this, this is the, the saying, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward." There is a satisfaction, there is a delight in listening to and keeping and obeying God's Word. Are you delighting in it? Are you taking pleasure in it? Is your satisfaction in God's Word and being obedient to it and applying it to your life? Or are you trying to find it in the things of this world? So 
Psalm chapter 16. And the reason that we find delight in God's Word is not just because of its truth. Not just because of what it says is true. Not just because of, of how we find it to be true in our lives when we apply it to our life. But the greater thing about this Word is actually it is being in the presence of God. This is what God breathed out. This is, His, this is Him speaking to you. This is Him talking to you. This is Him communicating to you. And how can you be satisfied in someone when you're not listening to them, when you're not talking with them, when you're not communicating with them? So fourthly, we will be satisfied with God by being in His presence. Being in His presence. In Psalm 16, David says, Preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my trust. O my soul, Thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to Thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. This is what David says. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen to me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also, my flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Do you believe that this morning? I have found this to be true in my own life. That in the presence of God, I felt it here this morning, coming into the house of God, singing praises to God, hearing the saints of God lift up their voices. There is the presence of God that just fills us with joy. You might be battling sickness. You might have stress at work. You might have strife in the home. You might have these difficult relationships that you're dealing with. All that is just kind of brought in here. And when we begin to praise God and when we begin to fellowship one with another and we begin to feast on His words, His presence just fills us with joy. That even in the midst of all those things, we become satisfied in Him. And that's what He wants. He wants us to be satisfied in Him. He wants us to be delighted in Him. As, as parents, we want to protect our children. We want to provide for our children. We want to give our children everything that they need. But what we want most of our children is we want to spend time with them. And we want them to spend time with us. So God is just not the God of provision. God is just not the God who protects you. God is just not the God who heals you when you need healing. He desires you to delight in Him. He desires you to be satisfied in Him. As a, as a child, when they're grieving or they're hurt, come to their parents 
to, re- to receive comfort, to receive nourishment, to, to, to receive healing. That is the way God wants you to do. When you're struggling with discontentment, it's a reminder that you need to come back into His presence. And that in His presence is fullness of joy. And at the right hand of God, there are pleasures forevermore. God might remove or, or not allow you to have all the pleasures of this life that you want. But there are pleasures forevermore at His right hand. And you can be satisfied in God. Fourthly, we see from the life of David that we can be satisfied with God when we're satisfied with dedication to the worship of God. When we're satisfied with dedication to the worship of God. And I think this specifically speaks of a dedication to the church of God, to the kingdom of God. We see this in David's life. In Psalm 27, in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. And then he gives us his passion. Then he gives us his delight. He shows us what this is. He shows us how he's satisfied in God. He says one thing, right? That shows us a a passion. When you say I've got one thing, you're saying I'm singular focused. I'm of one mind. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David's passion, David's delight was the worship of God in the house of God with the saints of God. That was it. I tell you, when he was away from the house of God, when he was away from the people of God, David was not a happy individual. Now, he was satisfied with God. We see that he delighted in God. He still worshipped God in those times. But he says that my heart and my soul, it pants after the courts of God. Right? I'm living in a dry and thirsty land. But he says, my one passion, my one thing is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Why? To behold the beauty of the Lord. To delight in Him. To be satisfied in Him. To behold His beauty and to inquire in His temple. This was how David was satisfied with God. Was because the worship of God in the house of God with the people of God was his greatest desire. His greatest desire. Psalm 26. He says in verse 4, I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers. I will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocency. So will I compass on altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell all of thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwells. David loved the house of God. And he wanted to be in the house of God. And he knew that was the place that God has specifically designed for his soul to be fed and for him to be satisfied with God. We read again in Psalm 84. 
How amiable, he says in verse 1. How lovely are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yea, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cries out for the living God. This was David's attitude toward the worship of God. He said that it was lovely, it was beautiful, and that his soul longed to be there. What about you through the week as you're going through the struggles of the week, as you're going through all these things that you're dealing with? Don't you long to come and be here on Sunday, Wednesday night? We should be because this is where our soul is fed. This is where if we're struggling with fear, if we're struggling with doubt, if we're struggling with uh, discontentment, we come here and we get what we need. Not that we can't at home, not that we can't uh, in our private devotion, but there is a special anointing, a special blessing, a special pouring out of a spirit that comes in this service. And what does he go on to say in that Psalm verse 10? For a day in, the court, in thy courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, right? One day in the house of God with the people of God, worshiping God, is better than a thousand days out there in the world getting everything that your heart's desire, heart's, heart desires. You realize that that all falls short. It all falls short. And as, as Solomon said, he sought after all those things, right? Wisdom, fame, riches. He sought after all that and he got all of it. And he says, it's all vain. It's all like the, the wind that, that, that blows. It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. If that's where you're seeking your happiness, if that's where you're seeking your satisfaction, you're going to be disappointed in the end. But God never disappoints. God is never going to let you down. He always satisfies the soul. In Psalm 122, this is our attitude. And this has to grow as we mature in the faith. This isn't our attitude when we're young children. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That wasn't my attitude when I was young. I was like, oh no, it's time to go to church again. I'd rather be doing this, I'd rather be doing that. But now, I'd rather be here than anywhere else. Because this is where I'm most satisfied with God. So what about you this morning? Are you seeing His loving kindness to you? Are you meditating upon that? Are you fully trusting in Him, no matter what's going on in your life? Are you delighting daily in His Word, spending sufficient time in communing with Him? Are you spending time in His presence? Do you have this desire? Is your greatest desire the worship of God in the church of God with the saints of God? Our greatest satisfaction is not in the things that we will amass, not in the things that we possess. Our greatest satisfaction will be in our time spent with the Lord. So we go to Psalm 63. And this is the desire that we want to have. If we have this desire like David had, had, I think that we will find satisfaction in God through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
that will help overcome that discontentment. O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsts for Thee. My flesh longs for Thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see Thy power and Thy glory so as I have seen Thee in the sanctuary. Because Thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise Thee. Thus will I bless Thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in Thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips. If you are desiring God, if you are seeking after God, if you are longing to see His power and His glory, and you have this heart of praise and worship, you will be satisfied in Him. And many of you have experienced that in your life of service to Christ. You know that as Christ promised, He says those that are weary and heavy laden, those that are struggling with, with the worries and the pressures of life, He says those that are experiencing this and that come to Me, he calls us to come to Him, right? Those that are weary and heavy laden, He says, come to Me and I will give you rest. You're going to find satisfaction in Christ if you come to Him. If you confess it to Him. And if you are asking for Him to fill you with this satisfaction. So my prayer for you this morning, brothers and sisters, is that you will look unto Jesus Get your eyes off of the world. Get your eyes off of yourself. And get your eyes on Jesus Christ. Look unto Him, the author and finisher of your faith. For the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame. And now He's set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Consider Him. Be satisfied in Him. Lay down all these things that are causing you discontentment. And be satisfied with Christ. This is my prayer. May God bless you and keep you. It's my prayer.